You sent this, didn't you? I found the secret history, which, by the way, should be renamed the history most people already know. The note said that I needed to know about my great-grandfather's death, but he was still alive in the end. No, he wasn't. What are you talking about? You'll have more than one great-grandfather, Prince Zuko. Sozin was your father's grandfather. Your mother's grandfather was Avatar Roku. Why are you telling me this? Because understanding the struggle between your two great-grandfathers can help you better understand the battle within yourself. Evil and good are always at war inside you, Zuko. It is your nature, your legacy. But there is a bright side. What happened generations ago can be resolved now by you. Because of your legacy, you alone can cleanse the sins of our family and the Fire Nation. Born in you, along with all the strife, is the power to restore balance to the world. Flamio, hot men. Welcome to the Ember Island podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender talk about every episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we're going to be covering book two, chapter six, The Avatar and the Fire Lord. Yeah. So, of course, there are massive spoilers ahead. We're talking about the origin of this hundred year war, obviously. So, uh... Barbara, do you want to explain to the viewing audience our spoiler policy and how we don't give a crap about spoiling anything <laughs> on this show? <laughs> yes. So, uh, so for this podcast, we assume you have watched every episode of Avatar The Last Airbender already. It came out over a decade ago. You have had time to watch it. We We will not only be heavily spoiling this episode but also previous episodes and probably past episodes and and also specifically because this episode is such a plot integral episode heavy 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 spoilers ahead yep yeah so as mentioned before this is the episode where both ang and zuko learn about how this war all started and how it, the source of this war started with Avatar Roku and um, and Sozin, the Fire Lord Sozin. Uh, so yeah, this is a great episode. It's like a flashback heavy episode, which Avatar is very good at. Oh, and, they do it so well. Yeah, and more awesome Aang Zuko foreshadowing parallels, all that good stuff. That the bromance love. that oh, will traverse <laughs> generations. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Yay. It's fate. I know it's so good. <laughs> the, the bromance is fate. I love it. It is fate. It is destiny for real though. <laughs> so good. Um yeah, and ultimately I like the choice of explaining this war from two different perspectives. So from uh side of Roku and the side of Sozin. Cause the reasonings are both different. But uh, and they both have interesting viewpoints that I would like to delve into more as we start talking 
about this in detail, but uh, I love how both of them say the same facts. They say exactly what happened, but it's the reasoning and the backstory that kind of makes it different for each character and and, and makes you think about it in a different way. I, I like that they didn't just have Sozin lying about it or have Roku lying about it. Both of them are saying the same exact things that happened. Yeah, both uh both sides feel very candid and I mean depending on who's talking. And yeah, that's that's nice to see. Particularly on the Fire Nation side because they clearly covered this shit up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, um but good stuff. So with that, should we dive in? Yes. All right. So we start the episode with <laughs> I forgot Pretty how abruptly. Abrupt, yeah. <laughs> I forgot how abruptly this episode starts. So Aang is sleeping and he just gets like an emergency phone call from Roku out of nowhere <laughs> saying, Hey, come to my house. Uh during what solstice would this be? Like the summer solstice? Yeah. Yeah, come to my house during the summer solstice because out of nowhere, I'm just going to tell you the history about how this war began. <laughs> to be fair, Roku, last time Aang butt-dialed Roku when he was out <laughs> adrift at sea and <laughs> started. <laughs> uh, last time we talked to Roku, Roku did hint at uh, being slightly re- feeling responsible for this war. So it's yeah. not totally out of the blue, but the fact that he... That just out of nowhere, now is the time to, like, tell him. I'm kind of confused why he's telling him now. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's very abrupt pacing at the start. It, <laughs> it, it's, is, it is so abrupt that I, like, looked away for a moment and I forgot about the transition between last time on Avatar and the actual episode happening. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, it's interesting because the creators on this one have said that this is a story that they'd been wanting to tell since, like, book one. So they kind of already had in mind their thoughts on how they thought the war started and stuff, which I believe... And they had a lot I, of story. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of story that makes sense on to me for the most part. And I think it lends itself well to the Zuko-Wang parallels that have already pre-existed way back in book one too so i had the sense that they kind of already knew what they were gonna tell that said i feel like they didn't know where or when they were gonna get around to telling it which is why i think this episode starts a little bit abruptly which that seems to be a trend with um the showrunners for things like this uh because the other one i have in mind is in cora no oh. not the storm but in court you know the Episodes that explain the backstory of the first Avatar. Yes, the only ones I've watched. Right, okay, yeah. So <laughs> you don't know necessarily know the context yet, but no, the, the way they bring it up is also very abrupt and kind of makes no sense oh, in the context hey. of what's going on. But Okay, let me guess. <laughs> hey, Cora, do you know about the first Avatar <laughs> named Juan? <laughs> Not even, not really even, kind of that, but not even that. It's like, Cora... Does Iroh tell her? Tell no. Her. Oh. Lo- okay, without giving too much context, Cora gets amnesia all of a sudden, 
And then some fire sages out of the blue find her and take her to like their fire temple. And then like <laughs> I'm not kidding. And then they and then they're like, we have to cleanse her avatar spirit, which has been corrupted by something or other. And then like we go into her mind as she's like in a coma, and then out of the blue, a couple avatars keep showing up. And they're like, you need to oh, no. uh, regain connection with your avatar spirit. So here's Avatar One, who's going to tell you how he even got the avatar spirit in the first place. And then from the lion to... yeah. <laughs> oh no! Also, we... uh, spoiler for Korra. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention that in the spoiler policy. At we're going to cover Korra whenever we get to that. But because Barbara hasn't actually seen the show, I'm doing it at all my best, yeah, to keep spoilers of that show to a minimum. That said, I didn't think that yeah. was a big deal to spoil in terms of the context of beginnings parts one and two. <laughs> oh, uh, this is a total tangent, but but um, we need to do an episode before I actually watch any episodes of uh, of Korra, other than um, the 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 first avatar episodes and i want to tell you everything i know about cora oh perfect yeah just like what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> oh oh no uh there is a girl that drives a car and like i yeah. really like her lipstick things like that <laughs> pretty much Fair the enough. highlight of my knowledge yeah. uh, yep. but yeah that i will i i will add that to the description sorry cool. gang <laughs> it'll definitely be interesting though just in terms of me trying to keep my mouth shut on how i feel about certain things <laughs> you don't uh, have to do that say whatever you feel okay <laughs> if, you, if you insist we do not sugarcoat on this oh no, we don't for me it's we a matter of not for, i guess my problem is like i don't want to give away my feelings before the thing has actually happened that i'm oh. thinking of you know what i mean so yeah <laughs> but yeah that's for a long ways out we're still in book three of avatar but the point that i was trying to drive home is uh yeah there's a lot of times in both shows where the showrunners have an idea of something that they wanted to tell for a while but then just don't really know where to put it <laughs> and as a result it kind of comes out of nowhere but really that's kind of the weakest spot for this episode for me and yeah everything three. else is great it is just compared to <laughs> so. the best episode which is the storm uh, which which has a short lead-in, but it's a really nice lead-in, which is a storm metaphor. Um, mm, the context is good there, though, because there's a storm which kind of triggers at least angst. Exactly. It is and, short, but, yeah. it, but it gets the job done in a very quick, very good way that also gives framing to, to the story, where mm -hmm. here... I, I, I don't feel like the story is framed well. Yeah, I think it works better on Zuko's side of yeah. things in this episode, yeah. but Aang's side of things, it's really abrupt. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Roku tells him go to his house so that he can tell him how this war even started. Mm, Dumbledore then, style. Yes, Dumbledore style. Then meanwhile, we cut to Zuko, and I think the reason why I think this origin story stuff works better from Zuko's perspective at this point in time is because Zuko just had like a freaking breakdown last episode 
about feeling very confused and angry with himself and he's just doesn't really know what to do and i think this is kind of part two of the turning points with him in terms of oh okay i have a choice to set things right yeah he had fuck-ups yeah, he has agency. He doesn't have to keep on going down this road that he doesn't want to go down because that's what he's yeah. done his entire life. Right. So this episode is like an extra push in that uh, in that direction. So Zuko is sleeping, but he has crazy good hearing because I don't know. Like, I guess the person on the outside of the door just very gently set the I scroll mean, on the floor. But after your dad fires half of your face i think you sleep pretty light uh, yeah true <laughs> although so, he did sleep on a boat a lot but also yeah. his sister is azula yeah that's true all of these things yeah that's fun. very fair i don't I, i'm pretty sure he was the victim of many pranks by his sister late late at night when they were younger oh, yeah. Yeah, so he finds this scroll that's in the front of his door, and it says that he needs to learn the story of his great-grandfather's demise, and that's kind of all it says at first glance. So Because it's linked to his destiny. Right. Oh, right, because it can help you with your destiny or whatever. And Zuko's like, well, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me get. talk about this this scroll, because the scroll made me really angry. So... <laughs> Why are why are the characters printed so large on this <laughs> giant scroll? He had to use up the paper. <laughs> also, okay, later on, we know Iroh got someone to send the scroll. The- yeah, spoiler alert, this is like indirectly from Iroh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so <laughs> is it someone from the White Lotus? Is right, it I'm like, how? Helping him out? Uh, right. I and get, then I, later on, with with the whole hidden fire dude, fire message yes. in it, why would Zuko know of that? There wasn't. Well, he didn't. He well, just threw he it didn't. on. He didn't. Like that is what gets me. I I don't lucky. like the scroll. <laughs> I think the scroll is stupid. I think a lot of things had to go right. <laughs> In order for Zuko to get the information that was on the scroll, so it, I it would somehow... have been different if they did a if they did a knives out situation where it's oh um oh uh Uncle Zuko yeah, Uncle Zuko Uncle Iroh always had these message games with me as a kid. Let me try this, <laughs> but but that wasn't anything. Yeah, I'm just like, who did he give this? Who did Iroh give this letter to, or tell to write this letter? I, my best guess is uh, in the Black Sun episodes, there's this female guard that he's talking to, and she seems to be pretty nice and jovial so, and stuff. I don't know, maybe. So he <laughs> maybe seduced he the guard. Yeah, I, mean, I was <laughs> like, hey, so um, in so in instead of bringing me bread or water, or cigarettes, why don't <laughs> you bring my nephew in the royal palace this really ornate giant scroll? Yeah, not subtle at all, with invisible ink on it, <laughs> just for extra measure. Yeah. Oh, um, 
invisible ink can easily be be made using lemon juice. Oh, Fun totally. Mm hmm. I did that in like Girl Scout as a Girl Scout activity at one point or something or other. Also, but- Another fun fact, there is a secret message on the back of, of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Not a message, it's a map. It's a map? <laughs> yeah, it's How do you know that, Leslie? That, uh, that was the secret I was taking to my grave. I don't know, I may or may not have been involved with uh, Nick Cage and the whole uh, stealing of the Declaration of Independence at one point or another. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Yeah, Zuko's confused by the message, and then we cut to... As he should be. It's on a giant yeah. freaking scroll. Correct. And then Aang and the gang all travel to Zuko... Or Zuko's... To Roku's completely obliterated volcano-based island that's just completely covered in ash, and uh, Toph and can basically feel the bodies of everyone of <laughs> who ever lived there. Of houses. Which is horrifying. So- <laughs> So a lot of people got out because um, later on we see escape boats. Yeah. But, but but the eruption was so vast that not everyone got out. And that's uh, terrible. No. And the fact that Toph can feel all that, yikes. <laughs> like, I, ooh. That reminds me of a book that I read that you have to read at some point because I gave it to you for Christmas, I think. Um it's a book called Boundary Side. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so cool. And like, uh, part of the main character's like mini superpower that she has is like she can feel an object and like grasp the entire history of that object. So like, oh, she can, yeah. So like, if so, she wears gloves most of the time, like Elsa style, because like she doesn't want to touch people's hands because she can literally like glimpse every piece of trauma that that person's ever been through and stuff, or like. She oh, touches wow. a wall where like a bunch of people died or something. Then like that makes sense. <laughs> feel, yeah, <laughs> feel all the violence in the dead bodies. It's it's crazy. But you know, great book, y'all. Definitely read it. It's so good. If you like fantasy and if you like steampunk type fantasy, it's so good. You know that I've read too much fan fiction when that's also a fan fiction trope oh, yeah. thing <laughs> that I've read before, which I is love probably it, based on that book. It has to be. It might be. I don't know. Yeah, this book is pretty new. It came out like two, like a year and a half ago. But mm. super good. Oh, it was my favorite book I read I, last year. You know that that sounds really interesting. But mm-hmm. but yeah, um, uh, Toph is extremely saddened by yeah. by by all of those houses and bodies, possibly. Yeah. Um, um, and then um, we go back to Zuko, who is. In this amazing hallway that is just full of royal royal portraits. Yeah. Oh, first, did we did we ever mention before that the royal pavilion is like in a crater volcano thing? Because that's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's it's awesome. I'm hoping uh, that volcano is inactive. <laughs> but <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Zuko's staring at this giant picture of Sozin. Azula walks by, not before. Azula's great. (laughs) It's not too late to get a a painting with the royal painter dude. Make sure he gets your good side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is perfect. Azula's perfect. Oh, (laughs) great. Yeah. And um, 
Zuko asks her um what she what she remembers of their great grandfather's history. Um she she says first that he should have paid attention in school, but also um uh Fire Lord Sozin prepared for the war, um uh waited and planned it exactly, started it at the comet, Sozin's Sozin's comet. Um, and then he died peacefully. A great man. Yeah. And Zika was very confused. It's like, well, duh. I think I at least knew that much. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we cut back to Aang. Mm-hmm. I should have marked one. We we cut back and forth between the two a lot, yeah. but I, um, and I didn't but, mark all of them. Before that, I want to note that I really like the way that all of these fire nation sets are kind of set up where zuko always seemed small oh yeah no and the palaces yeah. are so large totally anytime uh we get zuko hanging out in like the palace throne room or any of that it's like it feels like he's being dwarfed by stuff because he just he feels so uncomfortable being back there and like is also feeling confused about his actions as of late so yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of an intimidating spot for him yeah it just shows you even through background art the avatar team really thought of the feeling of a scene yeah really cool Mm -hmm. so yeah so then we cut to ang who goes into the avatar not the avatar state but um, the spirit world. world yep Goes in the spirit world and meets up with Roku and his kick-ass dragon. Fang! Yeah, with his kick-ass dragon, Fang. And together they go and proceed to explore the origins of this warp. Then we cut to... Zuko again. Zuko, yep, who's... He can't sleep and is staring at this stupid scroll, wondering what he's supposed to get out of this. And he's frustrated, so he throws it on a candle lantern thing. And luckily for him, that lights up the invisible ink in the in the piece of paper. I hate this scroll. It's <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, Zuko's not stupid by any means, but the fact that Iroh had enough confidence that Zuko would be able to determine that maybe there's a secret message. Okay, <laughs> even if they put, like, a little Fire Nation... Uh, symbol in like the corner of the scroll i would have been happy i would have been like like, hint awesome yeah maybe like insert a hint that only zuko would know or something i don't know but (laughs) uh yeah so he finds the secret message and it tells him to go to oh my gosh Uh, the the hint could have been something about how you need to heat up tea because because ira doesn't like cold tea oh yeah <laughs> or something been, like that yeah which would have been sweet if zuko figured if zuko figured that out it's like oh he's been paying attention yeah <laughs> um yeah so it tells him to go to like these old dragon catacombs mm-hmm. where the secret the quote secret history unquote about the fire nation is hidden yep. so I guess the dragon like, bone catacombs. Yeah, so sounds cool. cool. Uh, yeah, so he goes over there, and there's like this 
floor there's this door on the floor that you can only access if you can like firebend i guess or if you're part of the royal family specifically they don't really specify who's uh, able to go in and out of this place no so um the first person that accesses it is a, like a fire sage right yeah a fire sage so they aren't part of the royal family okay so i think yeah, it's just so whoever's sages. good at firebending yeah but i feel like you still need to have like some sort of uh um like high ranking act uh high ranking in order to access it this place because it's like oh, fire yeah. stages there's not a lot of those and like anyone can be a kick-ass firebender like and not necessarily be royal yeah but zuko totally didn't tell anyone he was going there and well, just totally went, not it says secret in it like and <laughs> you know he already got the message from azula way back when like hey just watch where you step and okay don't really associate with Iroh too much or otherwise people will think you're like committing treason or plotting against Ozai or something so yeah going in to talk about secret history that has clearly been hidden for a reason is a little sketch at this point in time and always wear the same sneaking cloak yeah (laughs) everywhere you go (laughs) yeah yep he's wearing a sneaking cloak um yeah so we wait I like this episode I promise yeah, it is just the <laughs> setup. Yeah, the setup for this episode is a little bit iffy in order to get to the good stuff. Uh, yeah, so Zuko waits until the coast is clear and then goes down this door, and then he goes up to this other door that's like down this long hallway. Which, and- um, which I want to know the reason why it is it is called the Dragon Bone Catacombs is because the hallway is formed around the bones like a dragon carcass. and the spine of a dragon it's so cool <laughs> like it, it's, it's pretty sweet awesome. yeah so awesome um and at this point we the viewer are probably wondering why is this stuff hidden like clearly the fire nation wanted to cover this shit up so whatever's in there must be pretty damning um yeah so he goes in and finds some secret scrolls and finds the last testament of um fire lord sozin before he died so uh zuko gets to read a scroll while and gets to go hitch a ride on a spirit dragon <laughs> with the former avatar yeah. and actually see the stuff in person somehow which is <laughs> so unfair yeah i love the difference but be- between zuko's experience and ang's experience brightness wise so zuko's experience is super super dark and musky and it is really darkly lit because he's doing this in secret while like a Mm -hmm. it's just always really really bright and i yeah and that is good too to show the the contrast easily between you switching back and forth between the scenes Mm -hmm. otherwise it gets a little muddled yeah and i mean it reflects both their characters (laughs) well anyway yeah (laughs) zuko's all about the darkness right now uh uh yeah so who who talks first um the rest is heavily uh, a perspective heavily from the narration of either roku or sozin and it swaps back and forth yeah so uh the first person that talks is fire lord sozin saying saying as i feel my my own life dimming i could think of a time so much brighter and then it transitions to two Aww. teenage boys fighting. Yeah. yeah. Play, play fighting. Cute. Yeah. Play fighting. Whatever. They're having a good time. 
uh, clearly besties. Best uh, friends. Yep. <laughs> clearly best friends. And um, Roku loses the mini fight. And then we, we learn that the Avatar and the Fire Lord were best friends, which is so cool and so sweet. And what happened? Cool. They were bros. <laughs> yeah. They really uh, were like bros. They were born the same day. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, bros for well, life. Uh, at least they had the same birthday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe like they were like a year apart or something. Either way, Maybe they were very I, close in age. Yeah. Shared, shared a birthday. Best uh, friends forever. And, uh, you know, doing what typical uh, teenagers do, roughhouse, and think about cute girls who don't even know they exist. And <laughs> I love this scene specifically be, be, because you see the camaraderie between them in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they so could manage. Oh. Uh, I got, yeah, shout out. They, with these flashback episodes, something like this, and no matter how you feel about beginnings parts one and two they do a great job like condensing the story into like 20 to 40 minutes in this case 20 like 20 minutes and, and it doesn't still feel, feel forced. Like, yeah it doesn't feel forced it doesn't necessarily feel rushed and you feel like you got like a good chunk of meat out of it all the same like yeah and i and i actually believe they were best friends mm-hmm. so um so i'm um, like it's not about quantity it's all about the quality like yeah. I know, like I, I know, like when you look at Disney movies and stuff, for instance, and everyone complains that like a lot of the romances are like three days, but it's like it's not necessarily the three days, but how you handle the three days. Like, is there a lot of good meaty content that happens within those three days? If so, then I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. did they have a conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they have a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> did they talk? Sorry. <laughs> that is, no, that isn't valid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how many lines did they say? <laughs> did they yeah. have? Does it look like they have chemistry? Is the way that they're animated reflect how they feel about each other? If yeah. like just little things can go a long way, regardless of how short have you have to convey something is. So yeah, you can tell that they're really good friends. Um, uh, I love the grass. So oh, um, yeah. it it is my favorite part of this episode and it's the smartest part of this episode because um because uh roku looks at a girl who is very very pretty kind of looks like katara because kind of does <laughs> well 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 because both of them are pretty but mm. like maybe the avatar has a type anyway <laughs> um anyway uh uh he, he looks at he looks at the girl the girl like does doesn't, doesn't even know you. he exists, uh, and then um, he just oh, falls but, uh, to the ground. Well, Sozin's <laughs> goading him to go talk to her, and he fails miserably. No, it doesn't. Yeah, he just falls over, <laughs> and then Sozin sprinkles some grass on him. <laughs> yeah, and it's done so well because, like, you know when you have that type of friendship where where like someone throwing throwing grass in your face because you did something wrong but but you're just laying there like yeah, yeah. whatever but like, yeah you fucked up yeah, it's done so perfectly and it's that little moment that makes you really believe that they're friends and mm-hmm. they and and that's really hard to do when almost every scene after shows that they're not friends, that they are enemies. 
Sad. And you see that relationship diminish. You know what it reminds me of? You, you, have you seen um, The Prince of Egypt? Like yes. the DreamWorks movie? Yeah, yes. aka like their best movie. And they like peaked super early because yes. that was like their second movie they ever did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so good. Because it's like the uh, approach that they took in contrast to something like The Ten Commandments starring Charlton Heston with that portrays the same story about Moses is they really emphasize the relationship between Ramses and Moses as brothers first so that you can really connect with both of them so that when shit starts at the fan and then they both take different sides you are really conflicted and you really feel for the fact that their relationship as adoptive brothers is really tested and it's more of a tragedy yeah. by the end of it when yeah, you- demise and everything yeah, you understand why both of them would feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. In other words, I wouldn't be surprised if they took inspiration from something like that because it feels like very much like the exact same sort of uh, plot. This, type. yeah, this uh, type of structure. plot also happened in Harry Potter concerning Dumbledore and Grindelwald, although it is it, it is a lot more condensed and. And the ending is a lot more abrupt. Yeah. So uh, we cut to them celebrating their birthday together. I guess they're turn. Well, I guess at least Roku's turning 16. Roku turns 16. Seems- yeah, because that's like the average age where they tell them, surprise, you're the avatar. <laughs> like, yeah, so they're celebrating their B-Day. And then uh, the fire stages show up like, hey, so we're here to announce the new avatar. Um, <laughs> congratulations, it's you, Roku. And I mean, that must be pretty overwhelming. So everyone bows to him. Yeah, even e- uh, even Sozin, the crown prince. Except Sozin doesn't bow, bow. He yeah, just takes yeah. a knee. Well, that's like the equivalent of yeah, yeah. But I, but I like that he didn't bow, bow. Yeah, but either way, like Sozin's, yeah. But, I mean, either way, Sozin's genuinely happy for him. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so then, like, we cut to Roku packing up to go travel the world and go train as the Avatar. And I Sozin... guess he doesn't need any worldly possessions now. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Sozin's that's like, oh, sad, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Aang has his glider. Mm-hmm. And you know they have typical teenage reactions to this. I mean, Sozin's like, "Oh my god, my best friend has like cool magic powers <laughs> and can bend all the elements." <laughs> and then you know, Roku's like, "Oh man, I gotta give up my Xbox." <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're both bummed out that he has to give up his Xbox because that means no more multiplayer. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's really the perfect gonna analogy. <laughs> Why does that work so well? I don't know. I, I literally just came up with that on the fly. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sozin. I know. It's so sweet. They're just bros. And Sozin is sad to see him go. And he's really going to miss him because Roku's going to be away for like years at a time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but before he goes, Sozin gives him his crown, which mm-hmm. is, yeah, which is really sweet. And, um, it- that's yeah. a really big sign. Yeah, of friendship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. You are, yeah, you are literally giving 
giving up your crown to your friend who like happens to be the avatar but you didn't have to do that and it's and it's such a status symbol that it's yeah that's a big that deal just, yeah it, it it it's a really big sign of their friendship mm-hmm. and it's like at this point you the viewer are probably also thinking yeah okay i'm starting to see why this stuff was hidden away by the fire nation at least because it's like it creates some gray area in terms of the kind of propaganda they want to tell regarding this war when you have a uh, the the fire lord the aka the person who started this war in the first place sharing a pretty deep relationship with the very entity that is con- now considered the enemy of this war yeah so there there had there had to be a moment of betrayal there 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 had to be something large that happened yeah but i think even then they don't want to talk about the inevitable betrayal that does happen at the end of this because um yeah i, I guess it's still bad on the fire lord because he should have known better he should be perfect yeah it is just and, revisionist history of they were never friends he was always bad it's easier to keep it more black and white like that instead of uh making it more of a complex thing that creates some moral um ambiguities ambiguity yeah yep so after that we proceed to get a montage of um roku going to each nation and learning whatever piece of bending he's going to go learn so he goes to the air temple first and meets a young um, monkey Yatsu. yeah young monkey young Gyatso. so cute yeah. um, friendship so strong that it transcends lifetime generation yeah this is the theme for this episode of uh, friendships transcending generally generations and lifetimes it's so sweet and hint hint at zuko and Aang, maybe in other words <laughs> yeah uh, yeah then we go to the water uh like northern water tribe or one of the water tribes yeah northern water water tribe yeah um and it's cool yeah uh, oh i do <laughs> he he does mention that water bending was especially difficult for him which is a nice throwback to um ang uh struggling at earth bending because it's like his elements opposite and his own personalities mm-hmm. op- opposite and he also even uses the the term bitter work <laughs> while saying <laughs> that so and hint uh also there's a i should mention there's another interlude during this where uh ang is taking a shit i guess in the middle no. of the spirit world or what? oh that is that is after so um so um mm. next uh, so next, uh, we see Roku, uh, um, in the in in the Earth Nation, and it's so cool because it turns out Roku likes like likes tea as well. Tea oh, is a yeah. Fire Nation thing, mm-hmm. so or sweet. it's or it's just a good guy thing. Yeah, and then we see that cool shot in like the initial book three trailer of roku doing like four elements at once on like a random beach somewhere (laughs) it's super cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh 
yeah, looking like a badass at at this point, like age 28, 29. I was trying to do the math. Yeah, he 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 has to be a full a full grown person, but also um not only does does his character art shift to be a lot more mature uh sozin said uh 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 roku said 12 years passed before he met sozin again uh so yeah so uh yeah so uh, uh, here's the point where we have the hiatus where ang is taking a number two yeah so yeah. um <laughs> ang moves to to get on to fang the dragon but it looks like he's pooping and (laughs) and i and i don't know why they added this but it but it was funny katara asks wait do they have bathrooms in the spirit world (laughs) and sokka's like as a matter of fact they do not which is also a nice throwback to when he got (laughs) yeah to when he was stuck in the spirit world back in book one (laughs) and seriously had to use the bathroom after he got out of there (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy Uh, yeah so um oh yeah so then we cut back to roku returning home to the fire nation for the first time and meeting sozin again for the first time sozin now the newly crowned fire lord and they're still on good old bestie terms and it's really sweet Mm -hmm. um yeah and then we cut to i like oh i I like this scene spe- specifically because um, Sozin kids around with him about oh, yeah. how, oh, why didn't you bow to me as my subject? Oh, wait, you don't You're have the to. We're besties. I know. It's like, oh, it's so sweet. Which is a really good scene to add because later on he gets pissed off about that because they're not besties anymore. Yeah. And I got to say, like, one of my other minor complaints with this episode is I really wish we got to see more of what Sozin was doing or thinking about during this time because uh, in the next scene when Sozin discusses his plans for like expanding the Fire Nation and stuff it's like okay cool but like how did you come to that decision or like what were you doing that maybe like resulted in wanting to do that and stuff like that and I feel like we didn't get to see all of those like 15 some years or I don't know however long it was yeah. between the time that Roku left to go train and stuff but yeah I will I I I will talk about this more more later but I think that this story could have been split into two episodes and I think that it could have really benefited from it and I think the frame around it would have been a lot stronger mm-hmm. um, because you know what like to, to use the Prince of Egypt again as an example Uh, of this it's like there is a long stint where you don't see what Ramses is doing while you follow Moses in the desert for x number of years but at the same time when he does come back and reunites with Ramses you understand where Ramses is coming from because it was set up when they were still very close and before they went their separate ways where Ramses feels like he's stuck under the shadow of his dad and he wants to surpass his dad and create an Egypt that was quote better than that of his father i know that movie very well i, I would really <laughs> like that movie <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie it's really good i think it was on very good movie. Last time I checked. so good seriously no one talks about that one like that one and how to train your dragon are like the two best things that dreamworks ever did as far as i'm concerned 
But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so then we cut to Roku and Sozin at Roku's wedding. And <laughs> Aang, <laughs> just the way that Aang says, hey, look, Roku, it's that girl you didn't even know <laughs> that um, didn't even alive. know existed. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, thanks, Aang. <laughs> yeah. uh, He's so delightfully blunt. Uh, yeah, so it was really sweet. Yeah. And uh, Sozin I, was his best man. Uh, I Aang's love, life. love Roku's thing that, oh, well, you know, being like the Avatar helps out with the, with <laughs> yeah, the ladies. The ladies. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's Probably good. does. <laughs> Even though Aang's kind of like skeptical about this right now because it's clearly not working out. <laughs> with him and guitar at the moment because uh, he's 12 yeah but we'll get there <laughs> so yeah everyone's having a good time at this wedding um sozin was his best man which is really nice and then sozin takes roku aside because he wants to talk to him about something important so mm -hmm. sozin's like man this is great like you're the avatar i'm the fire lord we're both badasses like imagine what we could do together side by side and Roku's like, okay, where are you going with this? And um, so Sozin starts to talk about how the Fire Nation's thriving right now. The economy is great. Uh, it's kicking ass. So why don't we just share our greatness with the rest of the world, aka like conquer <laughs> other places? Yeah. So the way that he says this it is that we should share this prosperity. So yeah. at first, it doesn't sound like I am I am gonna conquer everyone. Mm -hmm. It's it sounds optimistic. It sounds like I want to share my culture and and all of my developments with everyone. But but Roku has had a bit more experience with other nations and probably knows a bit more history and and knows that the the four nations have to be separated to keep the balance but the thing is like yeah so roku says but the nations are just that for and like you well i understand where he's coming from with that in terms of yeah like the importance of you know keeping and some semblance of individuality and culture for each nation at the other hand it also comes off as slightly narrow-minded which i think mm -hmm. is a good um addition to roku's character because it creates uh because i mean that contrasted with the way that sozin talks about you know sharing the prosperity and stuff it doesn't sound all that bad when he says it yeah. and when roku counters it like almost immediately with no the nation should be separate i think we the audience if you're more of the thought that there should be more of a unity across all nations and stuff you can disagree with roku if you want to and similarly you can also disagree with sozin so like it was good that they didn't make roku completely in the right nor did they make sozin completely in the wrong because ultimately the ending of the show ends in a sort of a compromise because ang and zuko end up forming what later becomes like the united republic or whatever it's called in um cora where that is the case where like all the where it's basically like a city where all the different nations can coexist with each other and stuff so yeah just um i appreciate that they didn't make it completely black and white in terms of each other's viewpoints 
Yeah. At this point, you can take what Sozin says as he wants to share technological advances. He wants to share the printing press. He wants to give other give other nations supplies, wants to show them how to do metalworking, basically bettering of the world. And and Roku is taking it a different way where where either either Roku believes that every single nation should kind of fend for itself other than just general trade, or he sees the underlying message of the fire nation's the best we need to make other people also the best kind of taking away their culture yeah so you can see the pros and cons of both sides oh also uh shout out to how this conversation is framed in the beginning where they're like walking down a hall and like the hall and their figures are silhouetted against um like the sunset backdrop super pretty just really good shot it is it is done really well and i and i really like that 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 here they talk about this as equals both Mm -hmm. of both of them are are really respecting the other which is different than later Mm -hmm. so yeah they have a slight well major disagreement about this and Roku pretty much storms away, saying that's the last I want to hear about it. And I think this is where Roku kind of fails in this moment, which is in- yes. this episode is really good in terms of exploring Roku's faults. I don't think he's good about following through and like necessarily, I don't know, talking out disagreements in this case, for instance. Like he seems to be very like stuck on his own belief whether it's right or not, and refuses to really further hear out what Sozin has to say. And in contrast, Sozin's like, just hear me out for most of this conversation, like, and is willing and seems to be willing to listen to what Roku has to say. So not only that, but, but after they, but after they, 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 they have their big fight, they don't talk for 25 yeah, they years. Don't talk, yeah. And I feel like that was more, I mean, I think both are at fault for that, but specifically Roku, is really at fault for not really following it up and just and they both have dragons so there's no distance (laughs) between them yeah and he just yeah and he just doesn't really choose to talk to him about it after that which is kind of crazy because they're supposed to be really close so he should be able to not only that but okay let let us assume that they that they aren't friends at all you are the avatar you need to talk to the leader of the Fire Nation. That is your job. Why aren't you doing your job? You are supposed to be tempering him. You are supposed to be talking with him. And you don't for 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 for, for 25 years. I'm yeah. not saying that you caused the war but i'm saying that you didn't prevent it Mm -hmm. and plus that's just a major it seems like a major escalation on roku's part because they're so close but all of a sudden they have like this one disagreement and roku immediately just breaks off all ties with them for 20 some years (laughs) like dang (laughs) i mean both of them were are just too stubborn so 
so later on when he when um when um Roku visits Sozin again, uh Sozin says your loyalty is to your nation first. Oh, but the reason why he finally goes over to talk to Sozin for the first time in 20 some years is because he was traveling around the Earth Kingdom mm-hmm. and noticed that uh one of its towns had been taken over by the Fire Nation. So yeah, he's pissed. And then he goes to the throne room and yeah, then he confronts Sozin. Yeah, and it looks like uh it it looks like Omashu from 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 um, the outside walls but it, it might does, not but i don't think it is I think yeah it's like, because it I looks a lot bigger. smaller it it doesn't have that moat and it's not on a mountain in the middle of like a giant chasm or anything like yeah yeah so i think that it's that's just a really large earth town yeah but um but um i love the 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 setup of this throne room b b because you because you can really see the cultural difference between the, the 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 outside earth kingdom that is very very minimalist um earth tones uh like the, there there are some designs but it's but it but it's very sim but it's very simplistic and then you go into this fire nation overload throne room with these great columns that are painted with painted with with like gold leaf dragons and and like there's just designs everywhere and it's so jarring and it is supposed to feel jarring and it is really good to 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 get you in in um in uh, Roku's mindset of this shouldn't be here. Mhm. Um yeah, so they're both pissed at the at each other roku for doing what he specifically told him not to do even though he didn't really follow up on any of that within <laughs> the past 20 some years and Iro um or iroh those insist <laughs> yeah iroh is pissed because <laughs> he didn't get the tea he wanted yeah so <laughs> is pissed because uh he's upset that roku is not loyal to his nation or sp- more specifically he's not to being loyal to to him someone who he thought was always going to have his back no matter what he was going to do yeah and And, um the and the kindness that we saw in both of their character designs are kind of dissolved where where both of them seem very harsh and very strong and very angular um mm -hmm. which is and i and serious and notably it's uh, you get like a shot when Sozin starts talking about how like you're betraying the Fire Nation stuff by going against this and stuff. It's one of those uh, low angle shots that makes Sozin look big and intimidating and powerful, which illustrates, I, I think, the imbalance in power or just the fight for power between these two who yeah. used to consider themselves as just equal and as friends as stuff like that yeah. but. it is a fight for dominance yeah and neither of them think that they should concede mm-hmm. so um so uh roku might have turned his back i'm not exactly sure but but either way 
Fire Lord Sozin attacks him. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a good idea. Woo! Yep, and so we get into Roku a fight. <laughs> Roku goes full on Avatar State on him. And uh, gives him a cape wedgie by the end of it. <laughs> and then he like floats up to his level like, hey, uh, don't do any of this shit again or else I will like full on kill you. <laughs> and he just flies off and yeah. leaves... I am sparing you because of our previous friendship. Yeah, like, I mean, this friendship is done. And and Roku didn't have to destroy the (laughs) entire palace. He just did it because this is because this is because this is another power move. Both of them. Then he's probably just super upset, so he just took it out in the palace. Yeah, it's like I thought we were friends. Um, yeah, and also, I don't know when was the point in Roku's life where he regretted his actions and realized he should have, you know, talked further somewhere in that 20-year gap. It wasn't then. (laughs) No, probably not then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he certainly came to that conclusion a long long time after that. So, uh, yeah, I wonder, how long was Sosin stuck in that cape wedgie? (laughs) Because there was, like, no one around when they zoom out. I don't know of that shot, but either way, they they do not see each other for twenty five years, and I think this is the point where Roku is partially to blame for the Hundred Year War. Yeah, I mean you're the Avatar. Yeah, you're supposed to be keeping check. Yeah, just like these time time gaps where he doesn't bother to like even check in on the person who he feels might jeopardize the the balance that he is destined to protect. <laughs> like, yikes! <laughs> that's bad. That's really bad on his end. Um, yeah. Also, um, which apparently, so- oh, oh go ahead. Also, somewhere in these twenty five years, Sozin also got a dragon, and we right? never <laughs> learn. Anything yeah, that's my biggest problem. Dragon. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with this episode. I feel like it's very Roku skewed, but we don't necessarily get to see what was going down behind the scenes with Sozin all the time. <laughs> just like, even just like a little more, like what what happened in those twenty years where you didn't speak with him or whatever. Not or that, but 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 there should have been a few more scenes of maybe at first Sozin actually thought we should be sharing prosperity with others maybe maybe he went to the earth the the earth kingdom to like share a share a boat design share this share that and maybe the nobles scoffed at him or they or or they didn't accept him or something where where you see that turn of oh i I don't have to, like, like I'm not going to try to help people anymore. I'm going to force people to get helped. Yeah. I agree. Like, maybe there was, like, some sort of insecurity that he's worried about, which drives him to do what he did. Like, again, okay, hopefully this, this is the last Prince of Egypt comparison I'm going to make. <laughs> 
but yeah ramsey's like full on like when he gets into an argument with moses i'm like why are we continuing the slavery thing in egypt huh and ramsey's is like i'm not gonna be the fucking weak link in the chain of my ancestors who all created a crazy rich and prosperous egypt long before me and stuff and he's really insecure about that and was always under pressure by his dad when he was younger about fulfilling that legacy so yeah, yeah. which maybe, is a very lannister-esque problem <laughs> like, yeah I mean, okay maybe sozin thought of thought of roku as his only friend but roku started to feel that sozin wasn't his friend because he had a bunch of friends in other places mm-hmm. maybe maybe sozin saw saw the thing that happened at the wedding at as as like a last straw total total slight to his to his character maybe roku uh didn't want to be political in any way and and just wanted to keep peace but wasn't actively doing anything to do it we don't know because there's a finite amount of time and this could have been two episodes i yeah i agree the more i talk about it the more i'm like you know what this yeah it would have been interesting if this were two episodes at least so we could get more on sozin's side because a lot of the times it feels very skewed towards roku because obviously i mean roku's probably in the right at the end of the day in terms of like yeah this war is obviously bad <laughs> yeah but, but still it like it's nice to get into the villain the, the quote villain's head from time to time just to understand where uh his worldview is coming from and also but, 25 years of not talking yeah that's too much mm-hmm I mean, specifically and the first also, time they had that conversation, like where it was just that a conversation. It's like because you're supposedly best friends, and then you didn't talk to each other after that for 20 years because both of you guys were so freaking stubborn. <laughs> Good God, yeah. So, um, uh, the 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 reason why they see each other after 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 25 years is is because while while avatar roku is sleeping with his wife um both of them are aged now um roku looks exactly like how we see him now in spirit form so Mm -hmm. you know something's up Um, which i gotta ask (laughs) do you get to choose what you look like when you are just like an avatar spirit after you die and stuff because kiyoshi still looks like she's in her 20s ang when we get when he shows up as a spirit in Korra, he looks like he's in his late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> and like Roku over here, so it looks like he's 80. <laughs> like, yeah. is that his voice? Yeah, or... you, 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 ha- you have to be able to, to choose specifically because um, oh, in this scene, the volcano on on the islands that they that they live on erupts. So um the the fire nation is is formed ju- just like hawaii where um where they are all volcanic islands so um living next to a volcano isn't as crazy as you might think but maybe they should have had someone go up to the volcano every year to like look inside of it to make sure that it wouldn't yeah. you know explode yeah, Rob, even Rob, man, the even fortune the fortune, t- right? Even the fortune teller people did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they didn't. They just 
did a fortune, but at least they like tried to <laughs> check on it <laughs> from time to time, even if their way of doing so was dumb. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyway, that. But anyway, um, so um, so I'm when so when when Roku gets out of bed, pulls his and and pulls his sleeping wife, uh, uh, the crown that he got from Sozin that he always wore falls to the ground. Oh, I miss that. Shoot. And if and if uh uh your 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 like spirit form is is decided by like what you're wearing when you die, he wouldn't have been fully dressed. Um Aang Aang dies when, when when he's a lot older, right? So he wouldn't look that young either. So I think that they get to choose what they look like. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that'd be so funny. They die and they get like a character selection screen. <laughs> like, well, I don't know, like a lion turtle appears in their dream, like, choose your favorite lifespan. I mean, <laughs> like, uh. I think that it's, oh, Okay, so like metaphorical, metaphysical. I think it's how they see themselves. So like some people see themselves for who they are in that moment, maybe like dressed up a little bit, but but some people see themselves as as they were twenty years ago, thirty years ago, where where, where like that was their prime and that's their mental image of them. So maybe that is that is part of it too or it is just this is where they were peak avatar mm-hmm. maybe this is where they last used the avatar state i don't know it's true yeah either way they all look fly yeah. so yeah so um so um roku runs out with his wife uh the volcano is erupting and it is terrible um, yikes, yeah it's like pompeii levels <laughs> yikes yeah uh, it is enough to cover the entire island in layers and layers of uh of ash not just volcanic rock so um so um sozin actually sees this from his palace avatar roku's house is like within view of the palace and 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 like men okay fan fiction me definitely thinks both of them just like stared at each other's islands and just <laughs> thought about each other and thought yeah. about their their like past relationship because or better yet it was a song fic and they're like singing uh, a duet as yeah. they stare out at the other person's no place. but 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 Avatar Roku never gave back the crown and never didn't wear it. Even after that fight, he still wore it for for twenty five years after. They were still best friends, even though this this horrible thing happened. And when and when the volcano erupted, Sozin could have just stayed at the palace. Spoiler. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He he rides his unnamed dragon, which yeah, doesn't have a name. Nope. But, but it's, it's cool. Blue. 
He's got a freaking dragon. It's badass. Yeah, but it's blue. So um, I am going to call him Claw because like <laughs> Fang and Claw. I guess. Gotta get more creative with these names for dragons. <laughs> no, I mean, you just look at the dragon and you're like, yeah. Claw. What is that on it? Oh, oh. scale. Okay, your name is Scale. <laughs> Perfect. So now, badass. Leg. Uh, your name's Leg. Leg. Just no, leg. I'm sorry. Not even two legs. <laughs> but, but he didn't have to go to the volcanic island and and, and like, yeah, he made like the Obi-Wan choice of just leaving <laughs> Roku there <laughs> to die. But but he didn't have to be there in in the first place. There must have been something in him that still loved him that still wanted to see him safe some some part of him that did that which also leads me to the parallel of him and Zuko where both of them like want to do something in their heart of hearts but duty or or ambition or just some other thing going on makes them do a do a do a choice that they probably regret mm-hmm. yeah so in a act that would close out their friendship for good and even though it's seemingly great at the, the start uh sozin swoops in and helps roku combat a volcano together and it's badass and they both look like badasses doing this uh, yeah and it's great Ro- roku says that his that his success couldn't last um he told fang to leave which yeah, which which is sad. So um, sad and then uh, and then um hit hit his his poor wife is just watching from lifeboats uh rowing away from the island where where it it if there were hundreds of houses underneath there there's not a lot of people that were saved mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty bad and yeah. yeah so well it seems like they're managing to quell this volcano uh, roku goes down did all the toxic gas, toxic gas. Like coming up out of, the, out of the ground and stuff he goes down and is asking sozin to help his brother out <laughs> And as all best friends love to do, he just up and decides to ditch him because he realizes, oh, wait, without the Avatar around, maybe I can actually make my dreams a reality. So peace. Without you, (laughs) all my plans are suddenly possible. Yikes. And Roku is just like, et tu, Brute? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, so Fang tries to shield roku when 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 when, like the lava's coming oh my god oh yeah the shot where he's like basically dying on the ground and then yeah fang comes in and then just like uh, uh, curls up Mm -hmm. like beside him as like a shield so that they just die together and then and then in that moment, we don't see his probably agonizing death. Jesus. We see, yeah, no, like being bur- slowly burnt alive. That's yeah. terrible. Yikes. Um, specifically because he is also a firebender. So he has 
more oh. resistance to fire. Mm-hmm. Oh been, man. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that was slow. That's but, but anyway, in, instead of that, we see Aang being born. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Which is really sweet. That's a nice transition. Um, yeah. Really cute. He has a lot of hair <laughs> when he's first born. Some babies do. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, really cute. And then Roku's just like, okay, uh, thanks for coming so I could share that with you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first time I saw this, I thought Roku was going to visit Zuko. Right, oh, would, yeah. right in this moment, mm-hmm. he doesn't. No, <laughs> no. But I want that yeah. in my rewrite that I'm going to do at the end. So fair. Um, yeah. So Zuko's reading the last paragraph of the scroll, and uh, so then we proceed to get into stuff that we already kind of knew. So Sozin yeah. at this point proceeds to carry out his plan of taking over the world with the help of the comet, which later gets renamed to be Sozin's Comet, and he realizes that the next Avatar that could possibly thwart him is going to be an Air Nomad, so he just up and decides to cause mass genocide. And yeah, yeah, and they all live happily ever after, and he dies peacefully in his sleep. He was ancient, to quote Izua. (laughs) Also, uh, Sozin hated Roku so much that he just had to kill baby (laughs) Roku. Wait, what the fuck? (laughs) French of his magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sozin doesn't seem well. No. Uh yeah. And again, I I wish I could I wish we could have explored more with him and in, in terms of just his breakdown and and I, when he and everything that happened in between the events of this episode. But I mean, Sozin was the one that that believed that that after he wiped out the air temples uh to get the avatar he he still thought that the avatar was hiding yeah he was like super paranoid and like his ship literally goes over the body of water where uh ang was currently in his hundred year coma (laughs) and side an iceberg so yeah which which they which they do draw it glowy it wasn't mm. glowing. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's and... kind of interesting because Sozin is the reason why when Zuko was banished, Zuko has to try to find the Avatar. Because no one believes the Avatar actually still lived. Except mm-hmm. for Sozin. Because he yeah. was a crazy, obsessed old man. Mm-hmm. That, but they that didn't want to... Uh... But that's not a good look for the Fire Nation, so they gotta bury that stuff, too. Hence why yeah. it's hidden. Yeah, because clearly Ozai sent him away as, like, to go do that, sent Zuko away to do that task as, like, a total joke, because, like, yeah, no one believed that Avatar is actually alive or even around anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so Zuko finishes reading and... I'm sure that was a rather dry read. But that can't be it. <laughs> Where's the rest of it? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so he's pissed and he puts two and two together that this must have came from Iroh. And so he goes over to visit Iroh and starts yelling at him like, what the hell? So you told me I need to go 
it's like, yeah, I know it was you who sent me this note. And like, I already knew all this history about Sozin. So like, really, what's the point? And I wrote talks for the first time since book two. And it's incredible. It's it kind of I remember getting kind of getting chills when he actually spoke for the first time in book three when I first watched it, because it's like you just don't expect it. Like you didn't know when he was going to talk, if ever again. And then between that and if you were a diehard fan and you knew that um, the original voice actor, Mako, passed away from cancer back in book two, it's like, I don't know, will he ever talk again? Will they? Who knows? And he does. And it's like, oh, my God, what? And uh, shout out to the new voice actor for Iroh, Greg Baldwin, who does a great job. A really good Uh, job. Yeah, really good job um, getting the Mako mannerisms down. Yeah, his tone is a little bit different but it's mm-hmm. only if you really pay attention yeah like, if you squint or if you've seen it if you've seen this show a bajillion times like we have like you probably yeah if you're crazy people like we are you can probably pick up on the differences but and um, as a standalone like voice performance is really good it's and in terms the of cadence, just trying the delivery yeah. the timing mm-hmm. it's so good it, it's really good and it's really close to uh mako's delivery and how um how he sounded so yeah so zuko's like what's so great about my great grandfather because i already knew all this stuff and Uh, pause did he though because he asked azula true my (laughs) that's true (laughs) but my guess is he was also slightly confused by what more do i need to know other than what else yeah um yeah so hammered in mm -hmm. so Iroh finally speaks to him and says, no, and he's, he's not going. your, yeah, he's not your only great grandfather. Like, you have more than one, doofus. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sozin was his great grandfather on his father's side, but on his mother's side of the family, his great grandfather is Avatar Roku, which was such a big twist when that reveal you, happened. You don't I, see it coming. I remember losing my shit. <laughs> like, I didn't put that together at all until Iroh was like, uh, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> like, well done. So and, good. And it also gives a lot more backstory to his parents' re- relationship because, mm. because his mom was forced to marry his dad specifically because she was related to Avatar Roku. Yeah, and this is... um. This is canon in the comics that followed after the events of book three. If you want to read those specific ones regarding really Zuko's parentage, uh, his mother and things and what happened to his mother. Yeah, good stuff. That one in particular is called The Search. I think, yeah, that one's called The Search. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, uh, I've, I, I believe it's a series of three. Yeah, I, that one is three books for that particular story. But there's plenty of other ones that are really good, like Smoke and Mirrors and I think The Answer is one of them. Oh. There's a bunch of them. And by books, we actually mean comic books. Oh, yeah. They're, so they're comic the books. art is wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. And they have been confirmed can- canon by the showrunners, in case you were worried about that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's revealed that he is related to, uh, to Roku, which just further emphasizes, like, the dual nature that is Zuko, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as well as driving home further the parallels between himself and the avatar because both kind of have as Iroh puts it a responsibility to 
restore the honor of their family, which is just totally gone to shit, even though the Fire Nation would like to believe it's great. And uh, yeah, restore balance to the world, both in their own ways. It's so well done. Uh, So good. He says, understanding the battle between your great-grandfathers can help you understand the battle within yourself. Yeah. Um, This is so good. Like, this... Like, it's so good, especially because seeing as how Zuko himself admitted that he was super confused about... Always. Yeah. In the last episode. Like, this was totally what Zuko needed in the moment. Whether Iroh knew it or not. But Mm -hmm. I think he sensed it because Iroh is just a wise old man. Yeah. um, Evil and good are always at war in you, Zuko. It's your legacy. Yeah. Uh, what oh my God. what what happened generations ago can can be resolved, be resolved now by, by you. you you alone can cleanse their sins oh my god it's so good it's and wonderful. at this point you the, we the viewer like i mean you're both freaking out and also raising your hopes that oh my god could this be the push that zuko needs to finally like <laughs> go back to uh good side again again <laughs> or like actually committing to it this time because yeah. oh my god <laughs> it's yeah. such a good revelation and oh also i probably have mentioned it before but the framing every time zuko visits iroh they always make it look like zuko is the one imprisoned it's not so iroh it's so good zuko like imprisoned by mm-hmm. his own lack of yeah. agency and his own uh just all of his emotions everything he he is feeling he feels trapped because he can't make decisions where 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 iroh might be imprisoned but he's more free yeah he's pretty self-actualized and pretty sure of himself if anything he's just upset at the direction that his nephew is who he loves deeply is taking to the point where yeah he was giving him the silent treatment the whole time but the fact that he even like reached out to him with hey you need to know the history and stuff because i still believe that you and you alone have the power to to do right and change shit like yeah. it's so sweet oh my god like <laughs> yeah zuko Jesus. needs to give need needs to restore balance to the world just like ang both of them are uh it it is the duality is so well done and and it's just really poignant how how both of them are connected to the people that started this war and that they need to be the ones to finally finish it oh my god it's so fucking good and like um what was it the part where oh yeah it is pretty crazy that even zuko didn't know fully about his um family tree just up to the great grandfather side like you mean ursa never mentioned that hey my grandpa's um that was the avatar like well because okay so there there there's a thing where where the fire nation doesn't like avatar roku well clearly not yeah because i mean they buried all this shit it wouldn't make sense for 
for Ursa to 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 tell her children about that because she's playing a part. She never wanted to marry Ozai. She was forced to. This this is partially against her will. She she might have found happiness and she might have found love in it in parts, but it was never her choice. And and and, and what she shares with her children, how she how how she goes about things, she only finds agency by leaving her kids when she doesn't want to at all. <laughs> by yeah. basically being a sacrificial murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, but good stuff. And then uh before the conversation ends, Iroh somehow is able to give Zuko with the uh what used to be the crown that they give to the crown prince of the Fire Nation. Which, how long has he had it? Where did he get it? When did he get it? How did he hide it this whole time? Has it always been there? All these questions and more will never be answered. <laughs> Iroh must have had it. Yeah, I'm guessing he had it the whole time, maybe, and was just waiting okay. to give it to Zuko. Zuko never wears it until the end. Until he gets it. So so it so it so it wasn't that like he was saving that it might be that that like the same people that brought him the scroll brought iroh the crown that he must have iroh some, hid yeah, away you know he must have some secret lotus members in the fire nation somewhere like oh, but, yeah. i mean clearly they do exist there because we got pian dao who's um sokka's sword master who lives in the Fire Nation, obviously, is from yeah. the Fire Nation. So, and, yeah, you must know some people. <laughs> and I am looking at pictures of of young of young Iroh be, be because I because I would not remember. But young Iroh doesn't wear it either. So um maybe he found it during his kind of expedition go going around finding things because because the last we saw it. It was in in Roku's house, which is covered in ash. Yeah. So, mm. so there must have been some some expedition to get it, and he might have had the help of a of, of a Earthbender to do it. This this might have been a White Lotus thing. I am reading way, way into it. Yeah, that's my best guess too. I it could be a white lotus thing because I mean, yeah, yeah, he is a oh, he's very high up on the food chain in the in that club. So yeah, one is surprised. Yeah, um, because because otherwise Ozai would not have let him keep it. He yeah. would have had to give it to to Zuko. We never see them wear it, and. And and also, they probably would want to hide the fact that that the Fire Lord gave the dis the disgraced Avatar this wonderful relic. Totally, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, but mm -hmm. it's really sweet. And oh my god, I'm still emotional every time Iroh's <laughs> just every time Iroh exists. <laughs> on screen uh yeah and it's really sweet that even though he's still very upset with zuko again like he still 
really wants to help him out and help him come to his senses. There's uh, uh, Iroh loves Zuko unconditionally. Yeah, there is a difference between being disappointed in someone and hating someone. Uh-huh. Even even though Zuko has done terrible things to Iroh, I mean Iroh is literally in prison right now. Yeah, he he still loves him. And that's something wonderful that Zuko doesn't have from anyone Mm -hmm. else. And like now I'm just thinking about a spoiler alert in the finale when they do reconcile and Zuko apologizes and oh my god. Like the scene that makes me cry every freaking time just thinking about it. Oh my god. Yeah, like it's so good. And like, you know, Iris says, like, I was never angry with you. I was just sad because I thought you'd lost your way. Like, oh my god. Oh, oh my! When we get to that scene, <laughs> like, oh my god, that scene gets me so emotional. Um, it's so well so done. Good. Oh, yeah, so then so, we, we wrap up so the episode. Ends. Yeah, or we uh, we wrap it up by cutting back to the gang real quick, and Aang is, uh, I guess, retelling them everything that he just saw, and uh, he talks about how I think the point of that story was that. Friendship can last more than one lifetime. And Toph's like, really? And like, yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> and then they're all holding hands. And then <laughs> Sokka's just like, well, you know, scientifically speaking, there's no way that... Oh, Sokka, just hold hands, <laughs> says Katara. <laughs> Sokka's like looking away, but then he like immediately snatches his hand out so he can hold Katara's hand. <laughs> I love that. But I also love the... The heavy-handedness of the conversation right before that, <laughs> oh, no. where it is, but it, but that's only because I know what happens next. So mm-hmm. Toph says, "Oh, it's like these these people were born bad, born bad, yeah." <laughs> uh, but, 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 but Aang sees it differently. Both of them were from the Fire Nation. Anyone is capable of of great good and and great evil Zuko, which is basically the Zuko. same takeaway that Zuko yeah <laughs> that Zuko just got from his from Iroh <laughs> and it's so good because foreshadowing and yeah spoiler alert ultimately Aang and Zuko aka future fire lord and the avatar who later becomes a fully realized avatar by the end of the show do become best friends and do help restore balance in their own way that is kind of a compromise between Sozin's purest form of his belief and Roku's purest form of his belief. So it's really sweet. So friendships do last across lifetimes. It is also wonderful because it shows that being good or being bad is a choice. Mm -hmm. You have to actively every day decide what you are going to do. You aren't just put onto one path. Every single action you make is decided by you, Zuko. Zuko, you have agency. You have you have choice. Just because of who who your father is, who 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 your family is, who your who your great grandfather is, it doesn't mean that you have to be. Be just like them. And 
And that's a really optimistic, wonderful message that that is really, really pushed, pushed later when, when Zuko joins the gang. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And actually and teaches Aang firebending. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's and so they great. have their, 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 like, bromance adventure. Oh, my God. Yes. The field trip. Yes, the field trip. <laughs> the field trip is so good. <laughs> I can't wait for those. Oh, yeah. But overall, this is a solid episode. I think, if anything, we just wish it were longer. And so this is how a better I would setup. do it. <laughs> okay. Th- th- this is how I, I, this is how I would do it. The setup. Uh, I. Oh, okay. So maybe there's a scroll, uh, for Zuko, but I want something along the lines of oh, there's a like hidden message from Iroh that you have to decipher okay mm-hmm. uh because the scroll was really really abrupt but like that but like the scroll itself is a good vehicle uh for Aang maybe a bit more lead up of oh um oh uh we are maybe they like pass by that island because because Aang feels something there or maybe Fang leads them to the island and 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 then it starts the whole oh oh Aang now is the time for me to show you what is going on so 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 that there's a bit more lead up and it isn't just go there in a dream I think that that it would have been a bit more epic if it wasn't Roku coming to him, but it was Fang leading, leading Aang to to Roku because I think I like that image better. So so that kind of fixes the like setup disconnect, maybe a little bit for me. Um, uh, for th- for for the actual story, I want it to be two episodes, and I want and I want the episode to end on their fight so i don't want a a a but between the like 25 year gap i don't want it to to be super super long but i want more childhood scenes i want more scenes of them talking it out i want more commentary from from um from from maybe roku about i should have tried harder i should have talked to him more i should have done something but i but i didn't and i didn't talk to him for 25 years and that and 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 that was bad and i want it and and i want there to be a turn where where zuko doesn't just go to iroh because he feels like like the story doesn't doesn't um, align i i i would actually like there to be differences in what they think in the stories too where 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 you really see the 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 the, the difference but between their viewpoint looking at the same thing because you don't get a lot of sozin's background because sozin is is coming from a static paper just yeah ba- basically more scenes and maybe 
more scenes of like Zuko tossing like tossing and turning in a bed like oh I don't know what to do because those always sell a scene great <laughs> and maybe yeah. and, and maybe over, oh, overall more things about oh well we only learned that in school we, 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 we don't learn this this and this this is the first time that I'm ever hearing about this so that it seems like the information is actually new because it seemed from what Zuko read it seems pretty standard other than they were friends mm-hmm. yeah I, I I agree with all that pretty much like I think that's a a better setup especially <laughs> to proceed into the good stuff and yeah I think for me my biggest ask is I really wish it were longer specifically yeah. to explore more Sozin and yeah and like I think the setup more so for Zuko was fine uh but for Aang's <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> not have Roku call him at three in the morning when he's trying to sleep yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so weird <Not> <laughs> yeah but on the whole this was a good this was a really good episode like we really like this episode <laughs> um yeah, like we do not dislike this episode whatsoever. This is a really solid episode. Yeah. Or um instead of that terrible scroll, maybe <laughs> maybe the whole thing was hey, oh yes. Okay. So, um maybe uh this maybe the scroll was go see go see Iro. Iro has a story to tell you. Uh so then like he visits Iro Iroh says, go into the catacombs, do this thing, you will you will learn about your destiny. And then like Zuko's like, I don't want to do that. I hate you. You have done everything bad to me. But then he tosses and turns and does it because you have to follow whatever Iroh says. <laughs> and then he, maybe he experiences that same story, but then comes out and then like goes and, and and then goes back to Iroh and is like that that was a waste of time. Why 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 did you have me do that? And then and, and then maybe Iroh says, Well, here is here is a story the 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 Fire Nation history books don't tell you. And then he tells about what actually happened it's not that like the air nomads were attacking the fire nation and they were going to do a whole revolt but that they were totally peaceful and that like the fire nation sozin just 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 took advantage of him show that the fire nation isn't isn't telling the, the truth and then drop the the second grandpa bomb. Yeah, it's interesting. Add more Iro. I like more just, well, Iro in the story. Yeah, I I say that, but at the same time, I like the amount of Iro that we got in this episode. It felt to me just right because it's like this whole time he's been giving Zuko the silent treatment. So out of the blue, when he actually does start to talk, it's like yeah. it feels weighty. Like the stuff he's about to say is going to be weighty too, and it turns out it is so. I think it was, like, just the right amount. If he were in it longer than that, I feel like it would lose... That moment would lose some impact a little bit. I I actually uh, 
I that I actually agree with you. Plus, I think looking back, I don't want Iroh to make the first move with Zuko. I mean, yeah, like scroll. It has to be from from Iroh, but I don't want Iroh to reach out to him. I want Zuko to reach out to Iroh because because that's what Iroh deserves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, so good. So, and that concludes this episode. It's a lot to say. Really good. There's a lot of good. Yep, and there's a lot more good stuff coming soon. So, so what is so so what episode are we are we doing next week? Next time we're gonna be talking about book three, episode seven, or chapter seven, the runaway. It's the episode I always forget about, but I remember enjoying. So Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. That's a top centric episode because yeah, Toph's kind of been on the sidelines um for this season so far. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, and and Toph never ne- never gets her super awesome Zuko field. I know up, she so. gets cheated. <laughs> so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she deserves her life changing field trip with Zuko. Yeah. I'm sure there's like hundreds fanfics. of fanfics that yeah. already did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, search it. You'll yeah. you will find a good. You'll one. find you'll find plenty. I'm sure. <laughs> I. W- I will find you guys a good one, and I will mention it during dur- during the episodes where everyone else gets one. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> cool. And with that, stay flaming. <laughs> <laughs>